have a unique ability to get mass exposure at your home. And they're also very loud and annoying. When you're ready to talk about your real estate journey with the guys, just go to ronandonsitdown.com. Hey, you guys. Welcome to episode 318 now of the Ron and Don Show. We are live from the Les Schwab Studios. And let me introduce everyone in the room. He's Charlie the dog. He's Ron. I'm Don. What up, Ron and Don? There you go. Not a real big staff here today, but I tell you what. Show's going to pack a punch. In fact, uh, we're going to talk about Facebook, Instagram, and the fact that you're not going to believe what Facebook knows about your teenage daughters, and they're allowing it to happen anyway. Also, a lot of people predicting that there's going to be a September shock in the housing market. Well, as you're listening to this, we're almost at the end of September, and the question is this, has there been a September shock? In the housing market, we'll get to that. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Monday night football, Ron just showed me something that I am absolutely goo-goo-gaga for. Speaking of language, my son spoke when he was six months. This is unbelievable. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep this up because it takes so much energy to keep this up. Is a guy with a lot of energy. I just look at what these guys are doing. Like, I don't know if they can keep it up. But I will tell you this. When I watch Monday Night Football, because of what you just showed me, I'm going to be watching Monday Night Football completely differently. And what you're about to share, they've tried to do this before when they brought guys like Tony Kornheiser uh, into the box. They've tried to do some really different things, even when they brought John Gruden into the box. But this right here... I think this is really going to resonate. And think about this. What a lot of these companies are thinking about, whether it's Disney, whether it's the Peacock, uh, whether it's all these other services out there like Netflix, they are trying to create some original content that you really want. And there's only one place that you can get it. And congratulations to ESPN Plus, because I think they've done... I'm not signed up with ESPN Plus. I'll probably sign up with ESPN Plus now because of what you showed me on a tease video. So ESPN is doing something uh, brand new right now. They have the rights to Monday Night Football. So they're doing the game twice or two simultaneously on two different platforms. The first one is the standard issue... Monday Night Football booth that has been around since its inception. You have a play-by-play guy, you have a color commentator, and then you have an ex-player. So that that's the format that's been around since Howard Cosell and Don Meredith uh, did the game. And you're right, they've tried a lot of changes in the booth. You had Kornheiser, you had um, Dennis Miller was oh, in the booth for a long time. Right. Uh, you've had different sort of players, different play-by-play. And so, um, and, and that's a solid broadcast. You know, it's it, like uh, Al, Al Michaels, John Madden, all those guys, they're, they're good at what they do. So what ESPN is doing simultaneously, a, a counter-programming against themselves, they're running the game, same feed, 
except it's Peyton Manning and Eli Manning in different locations, picture in picture on the screen. So picture, if you will, you have the main size of the screen is the football game. Then in the sidebar, you have half of the little sidebar area is Peyton and the other half is Eli. They do not do any play-by-play. There's no play-by-play guy. In fact, sometimes there'll be two or three plays that go by and they don't even mention the play. <laughs> uh, there was one sequence where there was like a 35-yard run, yeah. but Peyton Manning was telling a story about Jim Harbaugh and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. And so he didn't stop his story. Mm. He told the whole story. There's another sequence where it's third and eight at a crucial point in the game, and Eli is making fun of how shiny Peyton's head got because the lights are hot and he was sweating and he's like, are you paying, you know, spraying Pam on your forehead? Uh, then there, at one point, Charles Barkley joined the show. Who's not a football player. At one point, uh, Ray Lewis joined the show. At one point, Russell Wilson joined the show and they just talk about, they're just guys hanging out and talking. Well, they not just talk like the, they were watching the Raider game and Peyton Manning put on a John Gruden visor and then he put on a headset and he said, and, and this is what's great about it. Cause, cause, cause they're ripping on each other like brothers, but then you also see the incredible knowledge they have about the game because you always wonder what is it really like in the huddle? What's it really like on the sidelines? What's it like at practice? What's it, what's it like after you've lost a game or won a Super Bowl? And, and, and Peyton Manning, Half joking to get a laugh and put the visor and the head and and the and the head headset on, but then what he does is he he speaks in a way and he said, "This is what John Gruden is saying right now. This is what he's saying. This is what he's calling, and this is why he's doing what he's doing." Eli will come over and then, as a quarterback, he'll actually read the defense and he'll tell you, as let's say the Raiders' quarterback is going to an audible. He'll tell you what he's doing, why he's doing it, what he's reading. And then a lot of times when the play happens, it, and I think they must have got this idea from Tony, who used to be uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Tony Romo. Tony Romo does this a lot, and he does it really well. These guys do it better, though. But but they, Tony they, Romo would probably be as good, but he's got Jim Nance interrupting him every time to go three-yard run to the left. And oh. tackle by so and so. That's fourth and two. We're going to punt. But you don't have any of that commentary for Eli and Peyton. And so there. This is a entirely new way to do a football game. And I listened to Rich Eisen uh, talk about this. Is on the NFL Network. And he said, and I went through this same process. If you've watched football your whole life, you're going to be up the first ten fifteen minutes. You're going to be upset. Yeah, because right. they're going to someone's going to break off. A 15-yard run. Yeah. You don't know who it was. Someone's going to convert on a third and 19 with an amazing catch, and they're not going to call it out. Mm -hmm. They're not going to say Tony Romo completes the pass to Michael Irvin for 19 yards. They don't say that. And so you may not know that there's four minutes and 15 seconds left, and they're down by 10. You're supposed to know that. And so your first, the first stage is going to be not acceptance. And this is what Rich Eisen talked about. And I was totally with it. It's like, you're, you're like, wait a minute. Ah, <laughs> you're not, you're not announcing the game. Like you're not giving me the, the yeah. down and distance. Like you're not giving you. So you first, you're not going to, you're not going to like it. And you're like, dude, you're, you're missing, you're missing the play, but they know that you can see it. 
they can see it too. Yeah. And so they'll talk about it maybe on the, the rewind at a certain point. And so then the next stage is like, you're like, oh, what you said. I haven't heard anyone say that before. I haven't heard them actually give me what the play call would be and what they're looking for. Like, so you, then you go through that phase and then you're going to start to like it and you feel like you're hanging out with the Mannings and like then Russell Wilson pops on. And, this, and this is all live. So this is all edit. live. So what so what happened when, when Russell Wilson came? Well, it's interesting with Russell Wilson because you have five Super Bowl rings with between those three guys. Mm. It's a tie game. Uh, and they're talking about what needs to happen. So like Russell Wilson's going, it was, uh, they're in field goal range. He's like, dude, I'm not going for a field goal. He goes, well, I got a free play here. Let me just, let me just throw up a fade route. See if I can just end this thing right now. Hmm. And Peyton's like, oh, that's interesting. Who would you throw it to? He's like, if I'm John Gruden, this is what I'm going to They're in a zero formation. So this guy's going to go in motion. I'm going to throw a fade route over here. Russell, was Russell Wilson's saying that. Oh. And so Eli's like, I like that. And he's like, but, and so then something happened. And Eli's like, just kick it on first down. He's like, now that we're past sudden death, um, uh, I can just kick it. He goes, kick it on first down. He goes, we've had a fumble. Uh, so they're going through and they're talking about it. And Peyton's like, I don't know if I do that. And so there you have three elite quarterbacks saying what they would do in real time. And Peyton says something really funny. He's like, there are times and everybody's got to be in on it where the headset's going to malfunction on purpose. And he's like, I just knew, I knew what the play should have been. And what he, do you mean the headset's going to malfunction on purpose? Because the other he's like he's like when I when I call the play that I want to call and not uh, the play that the coach just called. Okay. He goes down. He goes. I know that equipment guy is going to get chewed out because I'm going to say I didn't get the I didn't get the broadcast. Okay. And so Peyton's like, I'm going to buy that guy a really nice Christmas present <laughs> because he's going to get his butt chewed out because I'm going to blame him yeah. that my headset didn't work. Because I just knew the play, yeah. and it wasn't the play that was called. And so giving you insights like that, it's really, really compelling mm. television. Uh, and it's not the main feed. But if you're a diehard football fan, you're going to hate it for 10 minutes. You're going to hate it because they're going to seem like they're joking around, they're not yeah. taking it seriously, and they're not even talking about the play that just happened. But there, people say all the time, how can you guys, like we, we're banging out four podcasts today, and we just bang them out. And it's because we don't edit them. We send them to an editor, and he's going to insert our commercials. But other than that, it's just we turned on the, the microphones and talk, and it's because we did live radio for so long. Music radio that you listen to, rock radio, anytime you hear songs, all that stuff is on tape. All those shows are taped. And they sit there and they work on the show during the commercials and even the phone calls, everything else you hear, those are usually actors and actresses. They call radio stations all over the country and they sit there and they'll do a second take or a third take in morning drive and they work while the commercials are being played or, or while the songs. songs being played. And then, and then they'll go ahead and present it as if it's live or one of these skits where somebody calls in and they're, 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 they're mad at their boss or upset at my wife. Th that, those are all actors. Those are all actors. And they'll do that same skit in LA, San Francisco, and somewhere in Connecticut on the same morning. For these guys to do this live takes an incredible, incredible sense of self, uh, of rhythm, of chemistry, which you, you would think two brothers would have growing up at the Manning Academy. And they're very self-deprecating. They're very self-deprecating. And so I don't know if there would be a lot of guys that could host a show like this. You could bring in someone like Russell Wilson, but could Russell Wilson actually host no. a show like this? Russell I, Wilson could not. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Real. The, the best sequence probably of the game is Ray Lewis is on. 
the famous Baltimore linebacker. And Eli goes into excruciating detail. He goes, I had one game in my life where my quarterback rating was 0.0. And it was against Ray Lewis. And he goes, now listen to me. If you just go 0 for 10, your quarterback rating is 17. <laughs> He's like, to get a 0.0, he goes, not only do I have to, he goes, you got to have some one-yard passes. Yeah. And he goes through the whole thing of how he got a 0.0. Yeah. He's like, it takes some skill to get a 0.0. And Ray Lewis was loving it, laughing at it. These, you can yeah. find the clips on YouTube. It's final, final question on that. We probably talked to him. This takes a lot of energy. At one point, uh, one of the guys was thrown on one of the Baltimore helmets and acting like he's under center and all that. And they're doing skits and all kinds of stuff. What they're not doing is sitting, but like the first time that I did radio on for CBS radio, I did, I did halftime with Troy Aikman and this is before he's doing TV. And I was, I worked for the Dallas Cowboys. He was sitting there, Kabe boots, drinking a beer, popping some popcorn, hanging out. Pat Summerall was up in the booth and they're just sitting there kind of broing it up. Just kind of as cool as the other side of the pillow. The Manning brothers are working like they are. Oh, yeah. They are working the whole time. So I wonder if they can keep this energy up. You and can then, tell how much Peyton loves football, though. Well, he is the, into it. He's engaged. Yeah. When someone does something stupid, he does not suffer fools. Oh, yeah. You can see the grimace on his face where it's just like, come on, man. We're yeah. professional football players. He could be in the number one booth on any of the broadcasts. He could have gone to ESPN and say, I'm not doing this little thing over on ESPN plus I want all this the, can be a hit I want all the eyeballs on me over on Monday Night Football why do you think he was willing to do something that that's a big experiment versus hey I have the cachet I can be number one on any network and you're gonna pay me for it and instead he kind of kind of did this I think because they they dabbled with performance they had always had the best commercials Peyton Manning on Saturday Night Live was great. He's a natural performer, natural storyteller. I think he just wanted to roll the dice and see. Yeah. He, could, he could be an executive this year. Well, and I also it. heard that they get a little cut of all the people that sign up as a result of them oh, nice. doing this show. So that He's may- the Scarlett Johansson of NFL. There you go. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, guys. Ron and Don here. We're live from the Let's Rob Studios. And you know what? We have had, as Ron has said, because of climate change, we've actually had had a pretty great summer in the Pacific Northwest. And oh my gosh, I don't know if we want any more people moving here. We moved here as Market 14. We're now the 12th largest city in America. That's crazy, you guys. And you know what the good thing is for the 12th largest city in America? We have 85 Les Schwab locations to serve you. And don't forget, the pavement's been dry, but now in the last week, we've experienced the storms. The rain is back. The wind is back. Trees are falling. And you better be prepared to hit those brakes. And when you hit those brakes, you want to make sure you're going to stop. And a lot of people think Les Schwab, Ron. It's just tires and wheels, but it's brakes and so much more. Yeah, steering, suspension, batteries, all that stuff going fall into winter. You should go get a free pre-trip safety check, even if your trip is just to the grocery store or up to the ski mountain. Plus, maintaining all those parts helps your tires last longer, helps your vehicle run better, even improves your miles per gallon. Les Schwab is here for you. Stop by and ask for that free pre-trip safety check. Tell them Ron and Don sent you. You can schedule yours online at leschwab.com. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. I would definitely recommend working with Ron and Don. Completely satisfied. 
100% guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> if you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. We are Team Greenland, and we sat, sat down, down with Ron, Ron and, and Don. Don. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we talked about pricing. We talked about staging. We talked about location, about what the market was like. He gave us so much information. We'd have a game plan and there'd be a team helping us and we went for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks to Ron and Don, we got the house of our dreams under asking price, which just does not happen in this market. And we could not be happier. And we wouldn't have been able to be where we're at in terms of buying and renovating a house without his expertise and support. Uh, we got an offer, I think day one, that was twenty-five to 50000 over asking. I'm like telling my wife, don't you think we should take this? And she's like, no, we're sticking to this. We're going to wait till that offer review, review date, like Ron and Don said, waited till offer review date. And we had like seven or eight more offers and an offer a 100000 over asking. With Ron and Don, you get two great minds that perfectly complement each other. You get the data and analytics, you get the creativity, the drive, and the energy. They are, they are the complete package. If someone asked me, in fact, someone did ask me uh, recently how we sold our house so fast, and I said, well, we had a great realtor team. And that makes all the difference. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. What's going on, Ron and Don Nation? Did you know you can schedule your real estate sit down with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com? That's runanddonsitdown.com. And you'll get a free camp mug. That says I sat down with Ron and Don. I have 13 of them. Maybe even the guys will take you camping with your new mug. Now back to the show. All right, you guys, welcome back to Ron and Don Show. As you heard, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. Go to our website, ronanddonsitdown.com, and also we have a brand new sponsor on the show. Uh, our good friend Mitch Weeks, right? Yeah, you can go to Mitch.loans. And uh, right now, if you're in the Ron and Don Nation, which you are because you're listening to this, uh, you save half a percent on a refi or on a new purchase. The average savings is 3000 real American dollars back in your pocket. Yeah, that's Pretty awesome. awesome. Yeah, uh, I don't know if there's clickbait or this is true, uh, but I clicked on it anyway. I said, Ron, we are in for a September shock when it comes to real estate. Uh, anything shocking about the real estate market to you right now? Well, no, the the shock is going to happen in October is what they're predicting. So the end of September is uh, the end of most of these forbearance programs that we all heard about uh, two years ago, where um, in the, the United States government did a horrible disservice to mortgage holders around America because the initial rollout and all the publicity said, hey, we're going into a pandemic. If you would like mortgage forbearance, there's going to be no penalty to the homeowner. Uh, go fill this out. If you're with Wells Fargo, if you're with Bank of America, you get all the big lenders, fill this out, and you don't have to make your mortgage payments for a specific amount of time. And uh, the initial pitch was you're just going to pick it up on the other side and they're going to basically move those six months or nine months or a year, whatever it was, they're going to move those months to the end of your loan. And so to most people, like, hey, that's great. 
Like, why would I not do that? So these months in 2021, they're just going to move on to the end of the loan in 2035 or whatever it is. So millions of Americans signed up for this program. By the time it got signed into law, it didn't say that anymore. It said, if you do this program, you're going to owe a balloon payment to your lender at the end of forbearance. Oh. So you're going to have a payment of $15,000 or 19000 whatever your mortgage was. Mm. And so a lot of these people signed up for this. So not at the end of the loan. At the end of the forbearance. At, yeah. So, that, so that, it's that, a that. huge change. If you just signed a 30-year deal, that's a 30-year shift right there. So. Uh, and so what happened is in, in September, this program comes to an end. And the prediction by some economists is there's going to be a lot of people. They they guesstimate around 20 to 25% of the people that have been in these forbearance programs. They're just going to have to sell their house mm. or they're going to get foreclosed on. And so they're rolling this out in phases. Uh, we don't have specific numbers for the Pacific Northwest, but they're estimating the first phase around 220,000 homeowners, they estimate, are going to be forced to sell. They're going to have this huge balloon payment. They don't have the cash. Uh, and so they're going to have to force to sell. So the guess is this pent up demand that we've had uh, is going to, there's going to be a lot more inventory coming on, but it's still not necessarily going to be enough to gobble up all the demand, especially here in Seattle. But here's the thing that's going to be curious to me wrapped up into that are two other things. The second one is unemployment benefits are going to be ending for a lot of people that did the same, were on that same timeline as the forbearance people, a lot of people switched jobs, changed jobs, lost their job, went into into unemployment. It was extended once. That's also coming to an end. And then the third leg of that stool that is just I'm going to be watching is people that are opting out uh, and and basically protesting the the vaccine mandates. There's a hidden clause in that as well. It says you're not eligible for unemployment. So these people that are huffing and puffing and thinking, well, I'm just going to walk away and I'll just go get unemployment the way these other people did for 18 months. Not so fast. If you're doing it and your reason is I don't want to be vaccinated, your employer is going to say, nope, I'm not chipping in to pay that guy's unemployment or that gal's unemployment. So those three things together, I don't think it's going to have a gigantic effect in Seattle, but maybe in like Puyallup, Enumclaw, Tacoma, uh, Marysville, some of these outlying communities, I think there's going to be a lot of foreclosures or people being forced to sell. Um, but when you start talking about the heartland of America, you start talking about uh, places like Oklahoma, Kansas, Illinois, uh, you know, Michigan, a lot of blue collar jobs where maybe the factory went away. I think you are going to see a ripple there in the national economy. Yeah. And there's 30 percent more homes that are for sale right now than we saw a year ago. And what's happening here is there is a rush to cash in because people feel like there's not only going to be a correction, but there's going to be a crash. Because people had this feeling back in 2006, 2007, riding high. I remember going out with a woman and we were having drinks somewhere and we were just having dinner and she was a hairdresser. And then she said, hey, uh, 
are you thinking about buying a house? And and I said, well, I, I just bought a house, but I'm thinking about buying another house. She said, you should use me. And I said, well, you're, I thought you were a hairdresser. She goes, no, I'm a, I'm a mortgage broker. And I, and I said, you are? And she goes, yeah. She pulled out her satchel and she pulled out her paperwork and then she handed me the paper and she said, yeah, just, just fill this out. And then, and then she had a different folder with different paperwork. And then she said, just fill that out and then I'll take care of the rest. Hopefully you didn't go with her. <laughs> and I said, how many houses do you own? She said, I'm up to three right now. <laughs> how many does she own today? She doesn't own any houses uh, right now. So, and I think, I don't think she's a mortgage lender uh, anymore. So I, I, I don't think there's going to be a crash. Uh, again, this is a healthcare problem. This isn't a housing problem. I think the housing market will absorb this just fine, and I think we'll see some correction and maybe a little sanity. But I don't, I don't think there's some big crash coming up here. So, and and then I think even with the Fed coming out and saying, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna raise rates, but we're gonna do it slowly, and maybe just start to see some of that next year. We'll just have to see the state of economy, where inflation is right now, and really where this virus is. Because hey, you guys, we saw people pulling up stakes, getting ready to move. And then all of a sudden this different variant and, and people are hunkering down again and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm going to hunker down for the winter. So we're starting to see some of that inventory uh, go away. So I think in some ways uh, this will be welcomed. And then it'll be interesting too, because if people are allowed to sell their homes versus have their homes foreclosed on, uh, then for a lot of them, if they have equity and it puts some money in their pocket, will that money then be pressed back into the economy in different forms. So uh, we will just have to see. Uh, don't go anywhere. It's the, the Ron and Don Show final segment coming up. Segment 318, live from the Les Schwab Studios on the other side. Hey, Ron and Don Nation. This is Mitch Weeks with Home Seed Loans. At Home Seed Loans, our mission is to make the mortgage process cheap and stress-free. And guess what? We've got a deal for all Ron and Don Nation listeners. Our partnership means that listeners will save half a percent on the closing of your loan. That's an average of $3,000 saved when you switch to Mitch. Wow. That's a lot, Ron, isn't it? You should switch to Mitch. I just switched to Mitch. I went to Mitch.loans, and I started the loan process just like you can. That's Mitch.loans. Save a half a percent today, just like I'm doing. The Weeks team, NMLS 169-1573. Hi, everyone. My name is Therese, and I am a new team member with Ron and Don. When you are ready to buy a new home, I am a buyer specialist. Just reach out, and we will send a buyer's playbook that the guys wrote just for you. Go to ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys. Welcome back. Final segment of the Ron and Don Show. Again, live from the Electrop Studios. Don't forget, we've got a brand new sponsor, and his name is Mitch. Mitch is a great friend of ours, and if you're thinking about getting underwritten for a loan, get underwritten first. It only takes about a week, maybe a week and a half to do. And what it does is it prepares you to actually go out and buy a house. That other realtor is going to ask, the first question they're going to ask is, is this offer underwritten, right? Yeah, and you can start that process at Mitch.loans. Tell them you're in the Ron and Don Nation and you are eligible to get half a percent savings. The average is 3000 bucks. Yeah. New research out says that Facebook knows because they own Instagram that a lot of things that are happening on Instagram or a lot of teenage girls hang out is horrible for them. Uh, I remember, and I won't say his name, but a former colleague of mine, when we worked at Cairo, uh, had a daughter 
uh, and his daughter was very suicidal and had to go away for a year to a specific camp. And I remember how heartbroken and devastated this family was. And I used to talk to this gentleman because I'd talk about we were dads and, and, and we would talk in the, in the break room sometimes on a break. And he, he, he was just so apoplectic about social media and about phones in, in general. And I asked him, I said, if you could do a do-over, because I'm always trying to learn from other parents. And if I see something coming down the road, like, I don't want to send my son away for a year because he's suicidal. So, so what can I learn from you? So maybe that doesn't happen in my family. Maybe that's, that sounds a little selfish, but that's the way I learn is, is from other people and other great parents. And, and, and he, uh, to me was a really great dad. He, uh, he said that he would have waited until maybe his daughter was 15 or 16 before he allowed her to have a phone. Uh, she had a phone when she was 10. And that phone, he said, and I'll never forget this, became a mirror. The phone became a mirror. And it became a mirror to her of everything that she wasn't. And he said, Don, if I could do it all again, I would have waited until she was a little more mature. Her brain was more mature uh, until she had a better sense of self and who she was. And instead, she got this phone, started jumping on these platforms. Girls can be really mean to each other sometimes. Uh, and I can't imagine what it's like and what kids say on social networks and phones and text messages and all that uh, about other kids in class and school. That's got to be devastating. Anyway, he said he would have never given her the phone. He said, whatever you do, wait till your son is like 96 years old and then think about giving him uh, the phone. Ron, we talked a lot about elections. Facebook kind of knew what was going on there. And yet they were, hey, we're just a platform and we have no responsibility. And then afterwards, in the outcome of the elections and other things that happened, they're now saying, yeah, I guess we do have some culpability in this. And, and, and we need to think about that. And we need to be more socially conscious. What, what, what about this? I... I I look at Instagram. I look at Facebook stories. Uh, I see specifically women and sometimes younger women, women even in our, our age category. And they're not necessarily – like I have some real estate agents that, that do some really cool things on there that I really like. But, but then I see women on there just with no clothes on. And I'm going to sound like an old man here. Uh, they, no clothes on and they're hanging out by a pool and they're in Vegas and basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to get all these followers by being naked on Instagram and Facebook stories because they think at some point I'm going to have 5 million people that are going to be following me and I'm going to be an influencer and I'm going to be able to hawk all these products and I'm going to be Kim Kardashian or the Kardashian family all over again. Maybe I'll get a television show. Uh, who knows? My understanding is to really make really great money on these platforms, you have to get up to about 300,000 followers in order to be an influencer. And I see so many people, and specifically so many young women that are trying to do this right now. What, what, what say you and what are your thoughts on, on these social media platforms and specifically for young girls, as my friend said, becoming a mirror to what they're not? Well, you brought up a bunch of different categories of stuff, but let's start with the first one. I, I think about this a lot in, in the sense it is 
Facebook, Instagram, are, are these platforms a different type of product entirely when we want to think about how to deal with them? And, and let me just give you an example. So a certain portion of, of girls, um, Instagram knows that it has a negative effect on their self-esteem. It's not every girl. It's not even the majority of girls. It's a minority slice of girls, but they know it and they've done studies on it and they realize that there is a percentage of, of girls where this is going to have a negative effect. Is that different than let's say something like your Domino's pizza. There's a certain percentage of human beings that eat too much pizza and they get fat. Uh, you go down any product, alcohol. There's a certain percentage of alcohol drinkers that abuse alcohol. Uh, smokers, they have a product where many people abuse that product. So uh, vehicles, there are a certain percentage of drivers that are unsafe drivers and go too fast and end up killing people. So you, you can pick any product and there's going to be a subset of users of that product that abuse it, that use it negatively, that has a negative effect on their life. So, but is social media different? Are we saying you're not like junk food? You're not like alcohol. You're an entirely different thing. And so we're going to have a different set of standards than we put on other things. So even though uh, I could go out and get drunk tonight, get behind the wheel of my car and crash into someone and kill them, you wouldn't, your first reaction, I bet, wouldn't be, Oh man, I'm going after that a whiskey company. Or I'm blaming Telluride, that car he was in. Right, or I'm blaming Telluride because he drove that car. You're probably going to go, boy, Ron made a really bad decision there. Mm, that's good. So that's good. now when we think about, and I, there is an argument that can be made that these are different types of products because you cannot interact with a, a, a cheeseburger in the same way that you interact with this app. Uh, they are, there's not psychologists and, and social engineers that have literally encoded the cheeseburger in the same way that they've encoded your feed uh, on Instagram. Although they have with processed food. I mean, if you, sure. want, a, if you want a chip, you want the whole bag. And, right. And that, and, there is some of that. You're right. There certainly is, there certainly is engineering when it, and when so it comes to And so I don't know if I'm smart enough to make that declaration here on this podcast of like, yes, it's, it's an entirely different thing. It is a product. It's free. The, they're encouraged. They encourage the parents to monitor the usage of their minors. Uh, they give the warnings, and but they're, they're 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 trying to say, "Oh, there's a smoking gun because Facebook and Instagram knows about this, and they should be able to control every user." Mm. I don't think you can. It, yeah. It's a product, and we need to be, learn how to use it. I think many parents just give their kid the phone and go have at it. They don't make any effort to educate themselves on the apps that are on there. They don't set up their parental controls. They don't monitor. It's like, hey, hey, kid, you're spending four hours a day playing video games. Maybe I should step in there and say, no, in our family, you don't get to play video games for four hours. You're on, you can check the stats on your kid's phone. You're on your phone six hours a day. We're not going to allow that in this family. Mm. So to be fair to these technology companies, They've invented products that people want to use, want to use a lot. They make a lot of money on these products. They have shareholders that want a, a return on their investment in the stock. So I think there's responsibility that, that goes all the way around. In terms of whether or not people 
can become influencers and should become influencers. Yeah, there again, there's a seedy side to that. Uh, there are legitimate influencers in the world that add value to people's lives. Um, you know, I've bought products off of Instagram from people that I know and trust. Yep. And so good for them. I hope they make money on that uh, because they've added value. Their feed has added value to my life. And then there are the wannabes that go, oh, this is fast money. This is an easy life. Uh, let me tell you about my skincare regimen. And, and they're not. So yeah. there's always going to be delusional people in the world. I don't know if it's the responsibility of the platform itself necessarily to monitor them in the same way that you and I could go to Fred Meyer right now and buy all the ice cream sandwiches. They're not going to stop us. They're not going to, there's no guard at the door that's going to say, Ron and Don, you can't buy all the ice cream. We could take that ice cream home and eat it until we killed ourselves. What kind of ice cream? Uh, I would usually go with, uh, man, the Molly Moon's favorite is mine with the chocolate. Hmm. Anyway, you get my point. We yeah. could we could eat we could gorge ourselves on a junk food until we died. Is that the problem of the grocery store or of the manufacturer? I don't think it is. Mm. No. Good points. I didn't think about that. Great, great points. Hey, you guys, uh, if you got some points to make, why don't you reach out to us? Ron and Don sit down.com. Find us on our Facebook channels. He's Ron Upshaw. I'm Don O'Neill. And then also on Instagram. We're influencers. Yeah, on Instagram. You he's, will not see me in a bikini by a pool. Yeah, he's Ron Upshaw. I'm Don O'Neill. Uh, 34. Don't forget our website is ronadonsitdown.com. And if you're looking for a loan, why don't you switch to Mitch? Mitch.loan. Save half a percent. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Thanks for hitting subscribe. Thanks for listening to episode 318. Thanks for sharing this with your friends on your social media channels. It means a lot to us, guys. Till next time, till we get to 319, you keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back. Up Shaw should be back from Italy with pizza all over his face. Yeah. This is the Ron and Don Show. All right. On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.